Are you unclear about your exact message and impact in this world? When I first started out my entrepreneurial journey, I wanted to help people, just like you. As I just sound like every other person offering services, I earned nothing for an entire year. But I soon realized that in this noisy market, we need a clear message to stand out and a way to amplify that message. It cost me two years and well over five figures just to uncover my hidden message and start spreading it. Hence, it is now my mission to help you uncover your message, spread it to the world and start living your legacy. Together, we aim to create a one degree shift to five million people by 2030. Join me in my journey as I interview living legends with life-changing messages that have impacted tons of people around the globe. My name is Darius and you are listening to Live Your Legacy. Hey everybody, welcome to Live Your Legacy. The goal of our show is to help you connect to people and concepts that have made a tremendous impact on the lives of others. Today's guest is the founder of Podcast Magazine and is the New York Times best-selling author of What Is Your What? Discover the one amazing thing you were born to do. He has been in entrepreneurship longer than I've been alive and is known as the foremost reinvention expert. He is famous for helping individuals and corporations become exceptionally clear on their what that is the one thing they were created to do. And he has an extremely practical and frank approach to life and business, which propels his clients towards massive profitability while cultivating lives of purpose, conviction, and contribution. Even though he's an in-demand guest for every platform and is a chairman and co-founder of Liquor.com, he believes that his marriage for 23 years is a greater achievement than all of those. <laughs> Welcome our super cutthroat guest, Steve Osher. Welcome to the show. Hey man, how are you? Thanks for having me. Okay, so I want to dive in straight away to why did you place your marriage and brown belt in jiu-jitsu, right? As greater achievement than everything else in the business world that you have actually done. <laughs> Oh man, it's uh, business is a is a walk in the park compared to the, to those two things. It's uh, yeah, I mean you know just uh, every day in jujitsu you get your butt handed to you. No matter how good you are, no matter how long you've been doing, there's always somebody that's going to be a little bit better, a little bit stronger, a little bit faster. I mean, just you know, there's only one person who's the best in the world, so it's always going to be somebody there. And then you know, on the, on the, on the marriage front, you, you got to work at it. You know, I mean, it's, um, it's something that it just doesn't come as naturally to, to some people, uh, as it does to others. And the reality is, you know, when you've got two separate people coming together, you've got to try to make it work as one. Um, and when you're a business owner, you, you don't really have those same problems, right? I mean, you've got your vision, you have people who bring your vision to fruition, but ultimately as the entrepreneur, you've got the final say in terms of what happens in the other areas. You don't always have the final say. <laughs> I get, I get the legal what you mean. So just want to dive in straight away to what does living a legacy really mean to you? And it, I, I realize that's something that you really talk a lot about in your talks as well. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, to me, it's really just about understanding that we're only here for a finite period of time. And so the question is, what can you do to impact not only those who share this lifetime with you, but also those of lifetimes to come. So ultimately, if you think about leaving a legacy in a way that can impact future generations, well, then you're, you're doing a lot more than just simply getting by in this one life that we've all been given. And so what's your own vision of the impact you want to have uh, in this whole world? Yeah, you know, if anything, I hope I inspire my children to live out 
their own dreams uh, and, and try to do whatever they can do to create the life that is the, the life that means the, the most to them when, in terms of whatever that definition might be for them. Um, but, you know, reality is um, kids like me as a child, right? I'm going to do whatever I want to do, no matter what my parents say. And that's just kind of how it is. Um, so as a, as a teacher of others, um, I have people who choose to come to me to learn and they're more open to, you know, some of those teachings, uh, than those who, uh, you know, obviously my kids don't have any choice. I'm dad, right? So they, they kind of have to listen. So the point only being, uh, that when, when people read my books or when they listen to a podcast or when they come to one of my classes as an example, they're choosing to be there. And so my goal is to impart whatever wisdom that I can, that I've, that I've learned and incurred over the years uh, and help them apply that to whatever it is that they're working on, whether it's their life or their business. Um, and ultimately that's what they're paying for, right? Is the, those shortcuts and, and those strategies. So that's, uh, that's, that's the hope is that they implement what they learn and that helps them to create a better life or a better business. And in turn, that helps me to create a legacy, uh, you know, that, that I'd like to leave. Definitely. I think it's very in line with the message that you want to spread, which is making people understand that they have uh, the choice to impact millions of other people around the globe as well. So I just want to know, right, like, how did you actually, like, where did that message actually come up from? Where it's a pretty strong message, right, that, you know, every person can impact millions. Like, what made you, like, go into that direction in the first place? Like, where did it stem yeah. from? Yeah, I mean, look, it's obviously a process as you get to be older and you get to to learn more as uh, as an entrepreneur, as a teacher, as a father, as a friend, uh, you know, as a mentor, et cetera. You, you just begin realizing that there are things that you've uh, in, learned in your life that, uh, that others just haven't had the same experiences and haven't had the opportunity to learn. Uh, and, I, and what I believe is that it's our obligation really to share a lot of what we've learned to help Others avoid a lot of the same brain damage and trial and tribulation uh, that so many people unnecessarily incur. And so that to me was really the wake up call, you know, just there, there's an opportunity here. And, uh, and, and ultimately, I think it's an obligation for us to help others in, in terms of avoiding a lot of those pitfalls that, that we had to endure. I, I really do think it's our responsibility to do so. So um, that's why I started teaching. That's why I started writing. That's why I started mentoring and coaching. Uh, because at the end of the day, I can help people save uh, a lot of time, energy, and resources. Now, what was the exact damage that happened to you which caused you to go, okay, you know what, maybe I want to help other people to avoid falling into, like what you say, to the pitfalls, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've been up, I've been down, I've been up, I've been down throughout my life, uh, and, and I will say that um, there was a particular period of time um, going on about seven, eight years ago now, uh, where I was really, really in a, in, in a down period. Um, and, and what I realized during that period of time was that I was very, just really, really self-absorbed. Like it was just all about me and my problems and, and I just couldn't get out of my own head. And so, you know, when you're, when you're that self-absorbed, you kind of throw out the rope and you hope somebody catches it. 
And, um, and, and that's what I just started to, to do. I had people who caught the rope and, you know, my wife and, and family and friends who helped me get out of that, uh, that, you know, that depression. Uh, and ultimately, uh, it, it really just uh, occurred to me in, in those moments that, you know, there, there's a lot of people out there who have a lot of gifts and a lot of talents and a lot of skills. Uh, and they just need someone to, to kind of throw them a lifeline and take them in and, and, and help them. And I'm not saying you have to do these things for free. I'm not saying you have to do this, you know, completely as a, as a volunteer or anything of that nature. But uh, again, having been in that position and knowing that there were ways that I could solve my problems and get myself out of that hole, um, if someone hadn't shown me some of the other options, then I may still be in that hole. So I, I think a lot of this is just about showing people the options that, that, that are available to them. Now, actually, you want to find out more about like what made you study, you, you said the word, especially the word self-absorbed, right? And because previously you were like an entrepreneur and I mean, pretty much your whole life you've been an entrepreneur, you've been serving people. What made you go into that, that zone of self-absorbed? And then how do you get out from, from being self-absorbed to serving others back again? Yeah, I mean, I think it's easy for all of us to, to do that. We focus on our own problems. We focus on everything that's directly in front of uh, ourselves. And we look in the mirror and, and we have conversations with ourselves. We have conversations that are always going on in our heads. And so the reality is that your life is going to be a reflection of those conversations. You know, I mean, if you're telling yourself, a million bad things all day long, you're going to have a pretty crappy outlook on, on the world. If you're telling yourself a million positive things all day long, you're going to feel like the world, you know, is, is more on your side and, and is working to help you as opposed to, you know, the world being against you, right? So, so from that perspective, it's when you are so focused on yourself, you forget that, other people can really benefit from who you inherently are. And it doesn't take anything more than who you inherently are to, to really help people. So part of what you can do when you're in that, that darker space is just stop having those conversations, stop looking in the mirror, stop telling yourself bad things and just figure out who you can help, you know, and, and you, you've got skills like you, you know, right now in terms of creating a podcast in terms of zoom and, you know, all of these things, like you take all of these skills for granted, but there's a lot of people who would love to know how you do what you do and don't understand how you make money online or how you, you know, create a podcast or how you record a call. So even like really simple things could be of tremendous benefit to someone who doesn't understand how to do the same thing. I see that the core essence is really gratitude and serving and changing and shifting to what can I actually serve instead of what can serve me, right? So I, I fully agree with yeah. whatever you're saying. So just want to understand, like, you know, you explain a lot about people having gifts, a lot about people having talents, right? I think you keep on going about uh, with that one whole thing. Um, so you explain in like your book, what is your what, right? That everyone mm -hmm. has at least one gift or talent. So um, just want to know, right, how does one identify the gift in this current day and age? Yeah, so we've got an exercise called the seven seeds of your soul, which is in the book, What is Your What? Uh, and that exercise uh, is specifically designed to help people figure out what their core gift is. Our, uh, our framework, the What is Your What framework, actually has three pieces. It's understanding your, your primary, let's just call it your core gift your primary vehicle, so the vehicle you use to share that gift, uh, and then the people that you're most compelled to serve, so who those people are. 
And reality is we all have a, a, a core gift, whether it's teaching or inspiring or entertaining or protecting or enrolling or healing. I mean, there's lots of different gifts that are available to you. Uh, and I wish, Darius, it was just a hard, fast answer where this is exactly what you do and it'll just appear. Um, but one of the reasons why we created an exercise that is specific to helping people figure out what that gift is, uh, is because it is a challenge for so many people because it's not as simple as just snapping your fingers and going, okay, here's what it is. So, uh, so the seven seeds of your soul uh, is an exercise that, uh, that is in that book. Uh, that'll really help people figure out what their core gift is. And then you can move on to your vehicle and, and the people and understanding and identifying who the people are. And I just want to know, like, how did you find out what's your gift? And what exactly do you think is your own gift, right? Because usually we talk about frameworks, like what you teach, but what do you actually, what, what do you think? And how did you find out what is your gift? Yeah. So it's interesting. I mean, my, my gift is it kind of, it's going to, to dance a little bit between teaching and communicating. And I think I'm, my core gift is, is a little bit more uh, communicating than it is teaching because I have various platforms with which I like to communicate like through the magazine, through books, through speeches, through podcasts, et cetera. And I'm not always teaching. Sometimes I'm, I'm turning the spotlight on to others and giving others the opportunity to share their expertise. Um, so I do think that um, the dogs agree, right? But I do think that the, uh, the core gift is communicating. And, and, I, and it took me a long time to figure that out, for sure. Okay, so what was that one point in time where it made you go that, hey, you know what, I want to start a podcast. Hey, I want to start uh, going onto these different platforms. I want to start communicating because like, it, like for a normal person, probably everyone is just like, let's say even if you're an entrepreneur, people probably just want to stick to their business. Nobody wants to come out and go like, hey, you know, maybe I want to start a podcast. Maybe I want to start going onto this different platform. So what was that one thing or was there compounding uh, factors which make you go, hey, you know what, maybe there is another gift which is communicating. Yeah, I mean, I would say that it was just really trial and error over a number of years, right? And again, that's that's the beautiful thing about the what is your what framework is it works for you throughout your entire life because your, your gift is going to be static. It'll stay the same throughout your entire life and you'll figure that out either through the exercise or through trial and error. And so again, for me, that that gift is communicating, but the the vehicle that you use to share that gift and then the people that you're most compelled to serve, those are more fluid, those are more organic, those can change over time. And then as I looked into this whole new media landscape and, and on podcasting, uh, that's when I then shifted over to primarily podcasting uh, as the core uh, as the core vehicle that I would use to then share my gift. So sort of it evolves over time. And, and it wasn't until I really started listening to shows and practicing and having my own shows that I realized uh, that it's, it's a lot like radio and, and I've always really liked radio. Oh, wow. Okay. And I realized that a lot of the techniques that you also share is a lot more of self-reflection, right? And I fully agree that, you know, in order for us to even know ourselves, it's not about going out and searching for new ideas or things, but it's a lot about searching deep within ourselves into understanding and having that self-awareness of knowing what exactly is our gift. And then like what you say, vehicle and the people, yeah, that's, that's more flexible, right? So just want to find out, right? Like what were the moments of self-reflection for yourself, which makes you, which went, 
which helped you basically to form up the message that you're currently having today. Yeah. And honestly, in, in author land, they say that you write the book that you most need. And so for me, the, the what is your what framework and the creation of that framework was really a, a matter of needing to be able to figure out what it is that, that I'm really compelled to do. And so for lack of a better term, it was, it was born out of necessity. And that's, that's a lot of what happens for so many people is they create what it is that they most need. And when I tried the Myers-Briggs and the What Killers Your Parachutes and a lot of those, they really just left me with a lot more questions than answers. And so that's, that's when I ended up deciding, you know, there's got to be an easier way here. And I created this, this framework based on my own needs and also as, a, as an offshoot of teaching because I had been teaching and helping people. And, and as I started working with them and just really going through the process of helping them to figure out what they wanted to do, it all began to fall into place. So the, the framework itself wasn't just something I sat down and came up with. It was developed over a number of years of actually teaching and working with people until I realized, you know, hey, if you can figure out your gift and you can figure out your vehicle and you can figure out your people, you can hit the ground running and do some pretty good things. Now, I love the fact that you've been teaching, you've not only been entrepreneurship for decades, you've been teaching for decades as well. So I just wanna touch more on the teaching point, right? Like what, what is it that makes you go, um, I feel obligated to serve these people? And what makes you go every day into a room and start? teaching people and giving your very best. So I think a lot of people who maybe uh, who wants to start teaching people might have that fear of like, oh, maybe what I have might not really benefit or maybe like I'm not really at that stage yet of giving to other people as well. Yeah, I mean, the easiest way to think about it is um, one of my favorite expressions, and I don't know who quoted it uh, or where I got it from, but yeah, I don't know if it's really attributable to anyone. Uh, but one of my favorite expressions is to a second grader, a fifth grader is a god. And so, you know, it's, it's one of those funny expressions where if you think back like, okay, how much did you actually know in fifth grade? The answer is not much. But if you were in second grade, you looked up to that fifth grader because they've already been where it is that you're going. And they were, you know, kings of the school, kings and queens of the school. And you would do, you would have done anything to be that fifth grader if you were a second grader. And so what, what I like to ask people to think about is where are you on the path where you're just a couple of steps perhaps ahead of someone else? So you don't have to have you know, a doctorate or be this 30-year this entrepreneur like I am to, to help people. You, know, you just have to be a couple of steps farther down the path than someone else. And if you can help them shorten their learning curve and get to uh, a place faster than they could get to on their own, that's of value and, and people will pay for that. Definitely. I totally agree with um, the analogy. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> and so just want to understand, right? What do you think or how do you think others can actually start living their own legacy? Well, you don't, right? I mean, again, you don't sit here and think like, you know, I'm going to have this legacy when I die. I mean, like that's going to be determined by the people that come after you. They're, the people who survive you, they're the ones that are going to determine whatever your legacy actually is. Because, you know, you can sit here and say that you want to do X, Y, or Z. 
in your life. But, you know, the, the truth is the, the people who come after you are going to determine what your life actually was. So I, I don't think you can go into it with that, with that goal in mind. I think that you just simply have to go into it with the goal of serving those that you are most compelled to serve now and your, your legacy, whatever that might be, will take care of itself. But, you know, again, I think it just starts with serving now and serving however you can. And now how do you, how do you go into that whole mindset? Like what was that step that made you go into the mindset of, you know, serving others and basically keep on giving contribution back. Like you have mentioned that, you know what, uh, there were days where you had your depression and then others were helping you. And that's why you decided to help back. Right. But uh, I'm quite sure there's many different kinds of contributions, right? There are ways where you can go to like the mental hospital to help all, all those people that were really in need. And your way is through um, teaching and basically coaching others and helping other businesses. Like where exactly is it that you realize that, Hey, I felt the, need to actually step forward and serve them. Yeah. I mean, again, I just, it's, I don't think there's a hard and fast answer. The, the, the real answer to that is you just start with whoever will listen. Like you could literally just put up a, a Facebook post or you could post something on Instagram or whatever your social media platform of choice is. And you could say, who needs help? You know, I'm available today and, I, and I'd love to help you with something that you're working on. And let's just see what they say, you know? And when people say, hey, you know, I really need help finding a new place to live. Like, how do I find a great place? I really need help, you know, with my, with my studies. I really need help with my online business, like whatever it is. And as you start to do more of those, you know, helpful actions, you'll begin figuring out, like, I really liked doing this, but I didn't really like doing that. Right. So then the next time you do something, you could be like, who needs help doing A or B? And those people will come out of the woodwork. Right. And they'll say, yeah, I need help with this and I need help with that. And as you do more of that, you'll figure out like, I don't really like B, but I really like A. So then maybe you end up saying, you know, I, I really like helping people with online marketing. Right. As an example, I really like help people writing a book. I really help people I like helping people create a, a song. Right. Whatever that is. So that's, that's where it all begins. Okay, great. Uh, one of the last few questions is really, what makes you wake up every single day to do what you do other than your dog barking? Yeah, yeah right. I know, right? All day, <laughs> every day. Um, you know, and I'll be, I'll be honest with you. I don't work nearly as hard now as I did 10 years ago. I mean, I'm, I'm 50. I'll be 51 this year. And so it's, you know, it's come to the point now where, I'm able to work a few days a week and, and I really like what I do during that time, but I'm also at the point where I don't want to be doing it 80 hours a week either. So for me, what makes me do it is I still just really enjoy helping people. Like I, I legitimately enjoy helping people who lack clarity. Like, you know, even just today, I led a training for a few hundred people online and so many people are just still stuck trying to figure out like, where do I even start? Like, what should I do? What should I focus on? And because of the work that I do with what is your what and the work that I've done, you know, with coaching and teaching and so on and so forth over the years, uh, I'm able to really help them get, get clear and help them create a path for moving forward and making the kind of money that they want to make. So that to me, if I can help you, you know, go from zero to a hundred grand a year and that hundred grand a year changes your life, uh, then I've done my job. 
right? And, I, and I've done a good job. And it's not, you know, it's kind of like you, you, you feed a man a fish, he'll eat for a day and you teach a person to fish and they'll, you know, they'll eat for a lifetime. So that's a lot of what it boils down to for me right now is really just teaching people how to fish, so to speak, so that they can do something that they enjoy. But, you know, reality is right now, um, it's, it's not a matter of even really waking up in the morning per se with a, with a particular agenda in mind. I mean, we've got a team of people in place who, who carry on what it is that we're doing, whether it's through Podcast Magazine or our coaching programs or so on and so forth. Um, and the, the people that need me seem to organically find me. And, uh, and, and I'm happy to help them if I can. Definitely. And I, I realize that you work a lot on clarity, clarity, clarity as well. Am I right? Like, that is, is well, that, what would you think that that's like one of the message that you're really pushing for as well? Yeah. And one of the things that I talk about, and this is what we, um, I had a discussion with a lot of the people actually today around this, is you, you simply have to start, right? You have to pick a lane and make a decision and you have to have clarity around who you are, the value that you bring to the table and the, you know, how you help people and the outcomes or benefits that they'll realize by working with you or enrolling in a relevant product program or service. And so for a lot of folks, they are putting out so many messages and so many that like they can do so many different things that it's confusing for people in terms of who they are and, and what they do and, and what it is that actually their prospects should be investing in, right? And so one of my personal philosophies is take one lane, a very clear, specific lane, you know, I help people write books, period, right? Like that's what I do. I help people write books. I don't do the online marketing. I don't do the fun, like whatever that is for you. You know, I help people launch podcasts, period. That's what it is, right? I help people do blank so that they can blank, whatever that is. Just very, very simple, very, very clear. So like for us, what we do is we help people become icons in their niche and launch their new media marketing machines so they can generate highly targeted leads, massive visibility, and consistent revenue on autopilot, right? Like that's what we do. So the, the point is we're obviously a more mature business. We've been doing this for, for a long time and we're very clear on the people that we are best suited to help for everyone else who is not so clear, just pick a lane, get started with it. And I will tell you that in, in most cases, you can take that one lane to hundred thousand dollars in revenue or more before you do anything else. And it's entirely doable. That's, that's pretty great. I realized like how that marketing statement is so, <laughs> that was one of the longest marketing statements I've probably heard. And it's so specific and precise onto who you're actually targeting. It makes me go yeah. realize like, okay, mine is I help, um, I help basically personal brands to become new market leaders on Instagram. So right now I'm really thinking like, okay, wow, whatever you just said is pretty like a lot longer and a lot more uh, specific on the benefits that people get. So maybe I can go and look into, relocate into my whole statement as well. So just want well, to know. Oh yeah. Yeah, but but you also don't have to because it's very very clear what you do. Like if I want an Instagram expert and that's part of what you have to think about, you know, is what conversation do you most want to be part of, right? And so you want your name to be in the conversation around Instagram and Instagram marketing. So if people are looking for an Instagram marketing expert, they need to think of Darius Tan. It's just like I mean it's very very simple, it's very very clear. I don't think you need to be any more specific than you are. I think it's very clear and very concise and very compelling. 
Okay, thanks. <laughs> thanks for the feedback, Steve. Yeah. Okay, so just want to know that I know you put inside, um, you were discussing about how you had the fuck the grass mentality. And then I was thinking like, holy crap, what, what is that? Right? So I went to Google, I'm like, oh, okay. I, I got some uh, bad results from that. <laughs> so I, I, I think what you're going on with is with the fact that grass is greener on the other side. Am I right? So exactly. I just want you to explain yeah. like what exactly and how did you come up with, you know, such a straightforward way of just saying fuck the grass. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because I think that is as human beings, that is the single biggest issue that most of us will struggle with, whether it's in a personal relationship, whether it's in your business, whether it's with the, you know, where you live, whether it's where, you know, the car that you drive, the clothes that you wear, whatever it is, I think that, and I'm not going to say all, but I think that, you know, based on my experience, there are a lot of people who struggle with not being able to just simply be with what they have and who they are. I'm not saying you shouldn't aspire for more. I'm not saying that you shouldn't want to to grow your business or or grow who you are from a personal development standpoint. But I am saying that oftentimes we push things off into the future in terms of creating that line in the sand and basically saying, when I get to this line in the sand, then I will allow myself to be happy. Then I will allow myself to feel a certain way. Then I will allow myself to to just to kind of live in the way that I imagine I will live when I have whatever those things are that are on the other side of that line. And so that's really what I'm talking about is trying to make peace, still understanding that there is, there is growth potential that you can move forward, that you can do more while still really understanding that you can enjoy what it is that you have right here and right now. And th that's really what I mean. And so when was that in your particular point of life where you decided to, you know what, I'm going to adopt this mentality and stop waiting for that day to feel happy? Yeah, I'm going to say that was probably about two months ago. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, well what no. was that inspiration behind that then? That's pretty recent. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it, it really is something that, that again, as, as a human being who walks this planet, it's certainly something that I have struggled with, much like millions and billions of other people have struggled with throughout their lives. So I'm not going to sit here and say by any stretch that I'm immune to it, that I'm 100%, uh, you know, I'm not enlightened and I'm not, you know, an enlightened being, so to speak, right? I mean, it's not like I've achieved the, you know, the, the last step of, of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? Like I'm, I've still got my own issues and things that I struggle with. Um, but the, the more that I try to remember that, um, the more contentment and fulfillment I find but at the same token, you know, I'm still somebody who needs a challenge. So it's, it's, it's a dance, but you don't want that challenge to get in the way of actually living in this moment. And so that's, you know, you can talk about the power of now by Eckhart Tolle and there are other people who've taught similar things and so on. So I'm not going to sit here and say that this is a new philosophy per se, but for me, that way of looking at it is helpful. And what was it that made you like, what, what, what was an incident that occurred to you that really made you go that, you know what, I need to start uh, living now instead of waiting for the day to be happy? That was that challenge that you were facing. Yeah, you know, I, I can't sit here, I dare say, I wish I could sit here and say that it was this just one particular moment that, that 
transpired. Um, so much as, you know, where, where I have been throughout my life is, is really always looking for the next big thing and then recognizing that that next big thing is not necessarily going to provide any more fulfillment than the thing, so to speak, that I already have right now. And so, you know, really, I, it just, it was one of those wake-up calls. You know, we have those wake-up calls. And, and it was literally just a wake-up call for me where I sat there and said, you know what, I'm going to continue on this treadmill to the day I die, or I'm going to really allow myself to enjoy what it is that I have and what it is that I created. And, and it was, you know, I was probably high. <laughs> I like to smoke, right? So I was probably high and I was sitting there going, you know what? Yeah, I'll just fuck the grass, right? And, and that's kind of how I think it, it probably came about, knowing, knowing how I am. And again, I wish I could sit here and say I was looking at this or looking at that, or, you know, doing this or whatever it was. Um, but I was probably just high sitting there one day and, and, that, and that came to me. And I was like, I'm going to use that as my motto. <laughs> that's, that's a pretty interesting and intricate way of coming up with ideas and I want to touch on the point just like you said about wake-up calls right and people have numerous wake-up calls or maybe one specific wake-up call in their whole life so what do you think was like the greatest wake-up call for you throughout your whole 50 years on earth right now? Yeah, I, th I think the biggest one for me was when my stepfather died. I mean he raised me since I was um, uh, since I was 10 and then he died um, in my in, in my 40s is when he passed um, and I mean, there was, there was definitely a wake up call there and just understanding that, you know, life, life really is very, very short, uh, and understanding as I, as I was sitting with him that up until that point, I, I pretty much had been chasing the almighty dollar and, and I had a vision of my own funeral of being buried and, and set into the ground and I was alive in the coffin, but everybody else thought I was dead. Right. But I could hear the words being spoken graveside. And that's what paper, uh, that's what was basically said, which is, you know, here lies Steve Olsher. He dedicated his life to chasing the almighty dollar. Um, and that's all that was said. And, and that was the real wake up call. And it hit me really, really hard. And that happened when I was sitting there bedside with my stepfather, holding his hand in his final days. Um, and, uh, and he could no longer communicate verbally, but I believe that we were able to connect and communicate through that point of physical touch, because that was the message that I got from him. And, and that was a big wake-up call. Yeah, I really love how that really goes in line with everyone has a message, right? Maybe even in your dying moments, there is a message that you can pass on uh, to your loved ones as well. So just want to uh, ask this question of how can the audience connect and learn more from you? Because there's a lot of things going on with you right now. But I just want to ask, how can the audience connect and learn more from you? Yeah, you know, right now, man, we're really big on on getting people to to jump into the to the mix with what we're doing with podcast magazine, and this is obviously uh, you know podcast, right? And also people will be hearing it there. Um, but at the same token, we did talk about the book "What Is Your What," so maybe that would be a good place to start if uh, podcast magazine isn't your thing, and that's really just for fans of podcasts. Uh, PodcastMagazine.com. Uh, but if you're really trying to figure out what your what is uh, and and how you can have impact on not only those who share this lifetime with you, but of lifetimes to come, uh, then grab a free copy of that book at uh, whatisyourwhat.com. And so what do you think is like the next thing for you right now in your whole journey since 
<laughs> you're yeah. pretty much completed so many things. Yeah. I mean, as I say, fuck the grass, I'm sitting here now thinking about how can I create this, uh, what, what I'm in the process of doing through podcast magazine, the live event that we have and our online presence uh, and, and other things that we're doing in the podcasting space uh, is really creating uh, a, 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 a vertical um, we're, we're looking to, to, I don't want to say dominate the podcast vertical because there's people with much bigger pockets than we have, uh, but we're putting together a, a fairly nice assortment uh, of offerings in the podcast space, including our own podcast. And as I said, podcast magazine, a live event and so on and so forth. And our goal uh, is to do a roll up within the vertical to package what we have in terms of our assets and adding additional assets to the mix and then packaging that up uh, and exiting to someone who really wants to get uh, a nice foothold into the podcasting space. And for those who actually want to know how to start and exit a company, you have an eight figure, beyond eight figures podcast as well, right? <laughs> yeah. Reinvention radio beyond eight figures. And we're launching a couple of podcasts uh, for uh, the podcast magazine group, so to speak as well. Okay, great. So I'll just put all the links below. So just last question, if you had to start all over again, what will you do to spread the message that you have right now? Yeah, I mean, look, the, the reality is I don't think I would, I wouldn't be able to start over knowing what I know now in that moment 30 years ago, because you have to have the experiences of going through life, of having the trials, of having the tribulations, of having the ups and having the downs, having the problems, finding the solutions, getting challenged, solving what it is that you need to, to move through in order to get to where, to where you are. I mean, you know, would I love to have a billion dollars in the bank? I don't know. I mean, honestly, I don't know. There's a lot of pressure that goes hand in hand with having a billion dollars in the bank, right? So I live a great life. We're in San Diego. You know, we've got a beautiful home, beautiful family. And so I'm not sure that I want or, or need any more than I have. And so ultimately, I think that that's the core question that I would ask people to answer, which is what is it that you actually need versus what is it that you want? Because if you live from a place of want, as opposed to living from the place of, of assembling and having what you need, you're going to live a very different experience. And you're never going to have what you want, but you can actually have what you need. I really love that whole message of going with what you need and what you want, because it also ties back into what you're saying of gratitude. Right, understanding what you really sure. have, and what's the next, what's that uh, one next big thing that people are always searching for, right? Like a shiny object that they're always searching for. So I think it goes yep. really in line with whatever we've been saying. Gratitude, you know, having the fuck the grass mentality, a very very intricate way. I'll probably remember it for for my whole life, probably. Now yeah, remember on this day as well, Steve Osher will tell me that. So um, thanks for thanks for being on the podcast, and thanks to the listeners for listening to this podcast. Until the next episode, start living your legacy, guys.